Hello, and welcome to the airsafe.com Conversations, the official podcast of the airsafe.com Foundation. I'm your host, Dr. Todd Curtis, the head of the foundation and the creator of airsafe.com, your reliable source of airline safety and security information since 1996. August 2005 was probably the most spectacular month of uh, the year as far as airplane accidents were concerned. There were a string of spectacular and sometimes tragic uh, accidents in Europe, North America, and the Caribbean. The 2nd of August, you might recall that Air France A340 that crashed in Toronto, fortunately without any loss of life. Unfortunately, there were four other fatal crashes, including the crash of a West Caribbean MD-82 that led to the loss of all 160 passengers and crew. Partly in response to those events, in August and September of 2005, France, Belgium, and Switzerland joined uh, the U.S. and the U.K. in publishing lists of airlines or even entire countries that would be banned from flying into those countries that uh, published the list. All these countries uh, created the so-called blacklist as a result of public concern over airline safety. There's even movement within the European Union to unify these lists so that any airline on these lists would be banned from operating into or out of the European Union. This concept of banning or limiting operations isn't new. As far back as 1992, the FAA in the U.S. instituted the International Aviation Safety Assessments Program, which served to identify civil aviation authorities that did not meet or exceed safety and oversight standards for international air transportation. This is unlike the other four countries that focused on banning individual airlines, or even individual aircraft. While these actions certainly satisfy at least some governments and some passengers, I don't believe that these kinds of blacklists are very useful to the average passenger. One of the many flaws of these programs is that they aren't comprehensive. Take the U.S. program, for example. It only judges the ability of a country to ensure that their carriers follow international norms. If an airline from one of these countries is already flying into the U.S., the airline isn't banned from operating, but they are prevented from expanding service. The U.S. program says nothing about the domestic operations of those same countries, so a passenger may think that a country that meets international standards would not have issues with domestic airline operations. In fact, each country is free to oversee domestic airline flights in any way they please. Needless to say, many countries do not have the domestic oversight of airline safety that even comes close to the acceptable standards in places like North America, the European Union, Japan, or Australia. The four blacklist programs in Europe would seem to avoid this problem by focusing on specific airlines and aircraft. They suffer from the same limitations as the U.S. program in that it only affects the ability of those airlines from flying to or from those individual countries. The individual passengers left to their own devices when it comes to making decisions about flying these airlines in domestic operations. While being on a ban list may seem to imply that the airline isn't safe to fly on, there's nothing explicit in any of those blacklists which say that. So if country X is banned from flying into the UK, for instance, that only talks about the that airline's ability to fly into or out of the UK. It doesn't say anything about that airline's ability to fly domestically in its home country. Let's take a look at some examples from uh, some of the active programs that are out there. Let's start with the FAA's uh, International Aviation Safety Assessment Program. Uh, it turns out that if you search the FAA website at www.fa.gov and you use the right keywords, you might be very uh, fortunate to actually find this buried within the website. They don't really make it easy to find it, but there is a spreadsheet there that lists all the current countries and what categories they're in. Now, the usual suspects are Category 1, meaning they have uh, proper safety oversight, airlines from that country can freely come and 
come to and from the United States. Mexico, Morocco, uh, Panama, even Peru, they're all Category 1. But we also have some others that are not so uh, surprising as Category 2. For example, the uh, country of Bangladesh is a Category 2, meaning if their airlines are flying here, they can't increase their service unless they are bumped up to Category 1. Singapore, South Africa, no problem. Even Fiji. But if you're from Ecuador, an airline from Ecuador, rather, you're out of luck as far as increasing your service. It may be uh, surprising to you, but uh, for a long time, several years in fact, Greece was a Category 2 country. Only in the last few months has it been bumped up to Category 1. So that's one of several surprises on that list. Now if we go over to the European list, we have a variety of approaches here. For example, uh, France, uh, their civil aviation authority, has banned uh, international air service in Liberia, Phuket Airlines in Thailand, Cameroon Airlines, and Air St. Thomas, which is a U.S. airline. So this is something very interesting. An airline, obviously, that uh, is uh, okay by the FAA to fly, but apparently the government of France does not want airlines aircraft from that airline to fly to and from French territory. If we go over to Belgium, again, Africa is uh, very well represented. We have uh, uh, silverback cargo freighters from Rwanda, international air tours from Nigeria, and other uh, airlines, none of which are household words, to put it mildly. Switzerland, one of the airlines is uh, fairly familiar for those who have been following recent crashes. Flash Airlines from Egypt, which had a fatal event uh, some months back, is one of the airlines, one of the two airlines, that are banned from going to or from Switzerland. This is all very good from the perspective of putting information out there in the hands of the average passenger. I'm always for that. Airsafe.com has always been for that. That is, the more decent information, the better. But it's not really comprehensive enough for people to make a decision based on that alone. One obvious limitation of all these programs is that uh, they are binary in, in nature. Either you're banned or you're not banned. Either you meet the standard or you don't meet the standard. It makes sense that an airline or even an entire country's civil aviation authority does not become acceptable overnight, that there may be several issues that lead a country to limit an airline's operation. So uh, the airline didn't yesterday go from being bad to good or vice versa. It was probably an ongoing process where the signals, the signs are fairly clear that to an airline authority, rather to a national authority, that an airline might have some issues. Even if you're fortunate enough to have all of these lists sitting side by side, there's still a lot of guesswork. And one obvious thing is that when one looks at this, especially when I looked at it, that the whole system seems to be a binary yes or no, good or bad sort of judgment on these airlines and even on these countries when it comes to oversight of their airlines. That is, there's no shades of gray between this airline is A-OK to this airline can't fly here anymore. It makes sense that an airline or even an entire national aviation authority doesn't go bad overnight. That there had to been a series of things that happened over time, which, for example, the FAA probably is overseeing, and at some point the FAA makes a judgment that this country should go to Category 2. In my personal opinion, I think it would be more useful for the average passenger if that sort of information was laid out there before they made the decision for Category 2. For example, you know, there are potential problems with country X over here, and if they don't get their act together, we're going to have to put them on category two. That will be a clear signal to the average passenger that, well, gee, if I have a choice between an airline from country X 
and an airline not from Country X, maybe I'll go on the airline not from Country X. It would be much more useful if these countries, specifically organizations like the FAA and the equivalent in the UK and France and Belgium and the other countries that have these blacklists, it would be much more useful if these countries would broaden their analysis and rank airlines on a whole range of safety factors. Most passengers, given a choice between an airline that ranks highly on some set of objective risk measures, would be more inclined to buy a ticket on that airline versus going on one that was receiving low scores. It may be useful, but it's wishful thinking to believe that any government agency would openly rank airlines, especially airlines within our own country, based on some kind of risk and safety rating system. The potential conflicts of interest would simply be too great. I mean, just suppose that the FAA ranked airlines of the U.S. based on their estimated risk of having a passenger being killed. No matter what the results, I'm pretty sure that the airlines with the lowest safety ratings would suddenly be the airlines trying their hardest to eliminate any such safety evaluation program. Point of uh, fact, the uh, FAA has avoided this sort of thing for years, and for, for all the right reasons, I believe. That is, they are there not to judge an airline whether it's safe or not safe, but whether it adheres to the environment, regulatory environment, and operational environment that airlines have to operate in. Now, to their credit, they've done a fantastic job, in my opinion. But it just goes to show you that when it comes to a subjective issue such as, is it or is it not safe, we're going back to a situation much like a beauty contest. It's a matter of opinion. It's not a matter of objective measurement. One doesn't go to a beauty contest with a tape measure and say, hey, the numbers are right, this person's beautiful. Similarly, one doesn't go and look at airlines and, based purely on the numbers, say that everything's A-OK -okay here. The average passenger knows this. They know how to make a decision. They know what looks and feels good to them. All I'm saying is this kind of information should be provided openly rather than in a roundabout fashion, which seems to be happening now. So where does this leave you, the passenger? Are these blacklists useless? Do you have any options when it comes to finding out the truth about your airline? These blacklists, however well-intentioned, will not be that helpful to the passengers because these lists force you to rely on someone else's judgment about safety and risk. As I've said uh, in this podcast, as well as in many different ways in airsafe.com, safety is a subjective concept that has to be interpreted by the individual. You should be provided with good and objective information and guidance on how to use that information to make a decision, but ultimately, with or without a blacklist to guide you, the decision is going to be up to you. My advice is not to be satisfied with what is currently being offered by the countries that have these various lists of banned airlines and banned aviation authorities. Telling you what is banned from flying into a particular country doesn't help you make a decision between all the remaining options. This is a, a good first step, especially by the countries that just re recently put out their list, but it's only a first step. It is certainly not the end of this particular story. Thanks for listening. For more information about airline safety, you can find us on the web at airsafe.com. That's A-I-R-S-A-F-E.com. Or type the words airline safety into your favorite search engine. We're probably on the first page of results. Feel free to write to us at tcurtis at airsafe.com. And we'll see you next time.